So Heidi, I think that for folks who've been married more than a day, (laughs) we come to a place in our marriages where it's just hard. Mm -hmm. It's hard to be married. Either we are just struggling with the idea of marriage, with the idea of staying, or maybe our partner is expressing a lack of interest or being unhappy, whatever it is. There are times when it seems like it would be easier to call it quits. Mm -hmm. And yet we know in God's word that marriage is important to God and it's a binding contract. It's a covenant with him. So what do we do, Heidi? How do we push through in a way that honors the Lord so that he is glorified in our marriages? Welcome back to Parenting to Impress, your go-to podcast to learn practical ways to love God and love others, and impress this on the hearts of your children. I am your host, Heidi Franz, and I am joined by my dear friend, Melanie Simpson, two moms who have made a lot of mistakes, but have found grace and truth along the way. Melanie, I think a lot of women and men can understand on a very personal level what you're sharing. Marriage is hard. Yeah. The day in, the day out grind of two sinful people coming together to supposed to be living as one. Right. And I think that may be our first disclaimer for this episode is that we are speaking specifically to married people who are believers in Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. That caveat, I think most of us would say like, we know we're supposed to stay married. (laughs) We know that's what God wants, but we may not really understand why or how specifically that's expressed Mm -hmm. in the scripture. So as we always do, Let's start off with why. Why is marriage so important to God? And if we don't understand the why, the rest of it doesn't matter. Right. I think the first reason why marriage is so important to God is that it is the image to the world mm. of Christ as the bridegroom and the church as the bride. Yeah. We are a representation of this relationship of Jesus and the church. Yeah. And beyond that, there are several other passages where God talks about how it is a binding agreement. Mm -hmm. It is not something to be entered into lightly, nor is it something that should be broken lightly. And we're not going to get into all the ins and outs of and reasons for why it is permissible or not permissible to divorce or anything like that. We're just kind of taking this thousand level view to say that marriage is important to God. It is a way that we reflect Christ to the world. And it's also a way that we glorify the Lord as we live out our years with another person in a married relationship. Because you can't be in a marriage relationship and be selfish. Mm -hmm. Well, let's say this. You You can't be in a healthy (laughs) relationship with your spouse and be selfish. Right. Another point of marriage is that marriage makes us more like Christ Mm -hmm. because of that selfishness, it's going to have to get rubbed off if we truly desire to grow in our relationship with our spouse. When we think about this union, it is in itself an expression of the union we have with Christ, Mm -hmm. the union in the Trinitarian relationship. There are so many images in scripture about coming together and being bonded together. And marriage is one of those. So it's such a privilege to get to bear out union with our spouses as a foundational concept in scripture. 
And when we live that out, we are being examples to the next generation. Right. If we have children, we are making disciples in our own homes. And so furthering that union, having that union as an example is raising Christ followers. Yeah. Now that we have answered the question affirmatively that God does care about marriage, in fact, it is important to him enough that he speaks of it several places in scripture, let's tackle the lie that the world tells us, which is that your marriage is not important. You can come and go as you please. If you're unhappy, just break up. It's fine. Yeah. I think one of the lies that the world tells us is that there is one person for us, that soulmate. Hallmark, we're coming for you. That's exactly correct. (laughs) And if you can just get with that one person, it's going to make everything perfect. The problem is, is that one person isn't perfect. No. And you're not perfect. So the combination of two unperfect people coming together in a perfect situation doesn't work. Yeah. It's a fairy tale. The world, it's bread and butter. It's on romance novels and romantic comedies and all the things that the world is conspiring against you being with your person. And so what happens is that you get into a situation and I'm going to tell you whether you've been married five days, five years, 25 years, Satan still attacks Oh yeah, and goes, well, if you would have married somebody else, Yeah. You married the wrong person Yes, because the the right person would be able to make you happy. The right person would read your mind, do the things that ever the longings of your heart is that that person would be able to fulfill those for you. That word that you just said, that happiness word, that's a second lie that the world tells us. Yes. The world says marriage is to make you happy. Yes. And if you're in the right marriage, you will be happy. No, the purpose of marriage is to make us holy. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be the first one to say the process of becoming holy is hard. Mm-hmm. It's not fun mm-hmm. because nobody likes to be sanded. Mm-hmm. But it's in that process of sanding together, of iron sharpening iron, that we become who God desires us to be. Yeah. The other thing is the world has always been and is hurtling towards even more so quick fixes, instant Mm -hmm. gratification. And so in the moment that we don't think our marriage is, is what it should be, the world tells us, find a different marriage. So get out of this and live your truth, be who you're supposed to be. But as a believer, that runs counter to everything scripture tells us, which is you actually need to change. As Heidi was saying, you need to become more like Christ. You, in fact, are a sinner and flawed, and yet there is a solution. It is through Jesus Christ. And that requires time. Yes, you become a new creation of Christ at your point of conversion, but then you spend the rest of your life getting to be sanctified. It is a privilege, a blessing to be sanctified in Christ. The Holy Spirit just brought this question to my mind. Melanie, have you ever doubted your marriage? Yes. I'm going to also say yes. (laughs) Just being totally transparent in a month, how many times do you doubt your marriage? That's a really great question. And I would say the season that we are in now, not very many, but there have been seasons, Heidi, where it was a daily, maybe even an hourly thought that came to mind. 
that's really the key. There is an ebb and a flow in any relationship. But I think the question the Holy Spirit just gave me here, I think that's another one of the lies. It's the lie that everybody else is happy. Right. I mean, Melanie, my husband and I have been married 25 years. You guys have been married 24, 24 years. And even now we have days where we go, Oh, what did I do? What was I thinking? Yeah. This is not working. Yeah. And so I want young moms to hear the doubts you are having in your head are normal. Mm-hmm. But we can call out those lies that we're hearing yep. and replace them with the truth that there is no perfect person, there is no soulmate, that your happiness is not what you should be focused on. Instead, it should be your purpose of holiness. Right. Because I think the other common question is, but you don't know my husband. You don't yeah. know my wife. You're right. I don't. But I do know the one thing that God has shown me time and again is when I show up in the word of God and in prayer, it's me. It's my relationship with the Lord. I'm not over there hovering over Jeff while he's praying or while he's having his quiet time with the Lord. It's between me and God. Well, and when you stand before God mm-hmm. on Judgment Day, you're not standing before Him as a couple. Right. You are standing before Him as His daughter right. when He says, what have you done for me? Yeah. What is your relationship with me? I, I look at the statistics. The study found that two-thirds of unhappy adults who stayed together were happy five years later. They also found that those who divorced were not happier on average than those who stayed together. Mm -hmm. In other words, most people who are unhappily married end up happy if they stick to it. So even statistics are showing us beyond what God has given us in his wisdom Mm -hmm. are saying, stay the course. That really speaks to what we know to be true about relationships between believers, where there is mutual sacrifice, Mm -hmm. there is mutual satisfaction. Mm -hmm. Our hearts are drawn to be knit together more intimately and more deeply with those who demonstrate their love for us through self-sacrifice, through serving one another. And that can be tangible acts of service or just the way that you treat that person. So Melanie, you brought it up a few minutes ago, but I'm going to say it again. I can still hear the wife who is saying, you seriously don't understand my situation. Mm -hmm. What would you say to that woman right now? First, I would say, you know, barring any extenuating circumstances involving abuse, we believe by faith that God has called us to stay married. Mm -hmm. And you're right. I don't know. I don't know your husband. I don't know your circumstances. Mm -hmm. What I do know is that the Lord desires for me to be holy and holiness comes about through sanctification with me. It's not my job to make my husband holy. Mm -hmm. It's not my job to sanctify my husband. And I understand, I get it. It is hard when we think we know what God wants for our marriage. And maybe it is a really good and right view of marriage. Mm -hmm. But the fact of the matter is, 
I can never presuppose to know what God is doing in my husband's heart. I might think I know, but God is infinitely more wise, infinitely more knowledgeable about what's happening in my husband's heart and mind than I am. I can't be his Holy Spirit. I've tried. Mm -hmm. I have really tried hard to be Jeff's junior Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you that it has worked zero out of a million times. (laughs) What God is calling me to do is to go before him. Melanie, what do I want to teach you? Mm -hmm. Melanie, let me tell you how I'm going to call you to live your life in such a way that it is transformed by my spirit, is transformed by my son, it is for your good and is for my glory. Mm-hmm. I think about the re-engage class that our church offers. And the big thing that they focus on is your circle. Yes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> what is happening in your circle? What does that mean, Heidi? So what that means to me is looking in the mirror at me. Yeah. What am I doing? And I think about 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 9, which is the, the verses about what love is. Love is kind. Love is patient. Love does not demand its own way. Love does not envy. That is what I would encourage this wife to do, is to sit down with a humble heart and ask God, where am I not loving my spouse? Mm -hmm. Am I demanding my own way? Am I being impatient? Mm -hmm. Am I envying he gets to go to work mm-hmm. and I'm stuck at home with littles. Mm-hmm. What is it that is causing this strife from my side? And let's be clear, this is not your heart motive matters. And you said with a humble heart. And I'm just going to say, because I did it without a humble heart. Mm-hmm. I came before God and I read that passage and I still walked away thinking I can still manipulate this. If I do these things, if I act this way, mm-hmm. then my spouse will respond mm-hmm. in kind. Mm-hmm. And you can't use scripture as a tool for manipulation. You can't use yourself as a tool for right. manipulation. Right. I say that with full vulnerability mm-hmm. that I was that wife who abused scripture. That's what I did. I abused scripture. And I have had to go back and apologize to Jeff, my husband, for not being good example of a Christ follower, not loving him well as a Christ follower, and quite frankly, of abusing scripture in an attempt to manipulate our marriage. Hmm. I appreciate that honesty, because I think that's going to resonate with a lot of women. First Peter 3.1 says, wives, in the same way, submit yourself to your own husband so that if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives mm-hmm. when they see the purity and reverence of your lives. Yeah. Melanie, that is exactly what you just said. Yes. Yeah. It is not manipulate your husband so that they start believing or they start doing what you want. It's submit. Mm-hmm. Now, we're not submitting is not a doormat. Right. Submitting is not this giving up of yourself and losing yourself. Submitting is a following with respect. Right. It's the opposite of controlling yes. and anger. It's a reflection of what we do with the Lord. We submit to God. We submit to Christ. We submit to the Holy Spirit. It's not a negative word. And I just want to encourage women to that when 
God created Eve. He said about Adam, he needs a helper. Mm -hmm. And he used the word ezer, and I'm probably mispronouncing it. It's E-Z-E-R. And I just want the wives to hear this. The only other time that that word is used in scripture is when God is talking about himself. Mm -hmm. There is nothing submissive about the Lord. He is all-powerful, almighty, and I'm not suggesting that we are, although sometimes we feel that way. (laughs) In context of submission, then, we know that God is not asking us to die to self in a way that is anything other than God-glorifying. Absolutely. And that goes back to the purpose of our marriage. Mm -hmm. Are we glorifying God? Yeah. So in closing, Melanie, I want to ask you this question. If you were to sit down with yourself when you were at your seven-year anniversary, what would you tell yourself? I would say it's going to get so much better. Yes. So much sweeter, so much richer. Mm-hmm. But I want you to stop being so critical. Mm-hmm. I want you to stop trying to have it all figured out. I want you to rest in the knowledge that God is doing a work in you in his time. Yeah. And that if you would trust the Lord as much as you think you trust yourself, <laughs> there is good ahead of you. Oh, I love that. How about you? You know, the seven year, I know so many people who have said that is the toughest year of marriage. And I don't know what it is about your seven, but I would agree that was a tough year for us. And I've seen it played out in many, many couples. What I would say would be very similar in that it gets so much sweeter than you can ever begin to imagine. Mm -hmm. There are going to be hills and there's going to be valleys, but walking through those valleys together Even if you don't feel like you're on the same page, maybe you're walking faster than your spouse or your spouse is walking faster with you. But as long as the Lord is in the middle of that, you will get through that valley. And in that valley, you are going to be shaped and you are going to be formed and you're going to be changed, which makes marriage so much sweeter. Mm I would also say, you know, seven years was when we had our first child, and then we had three more after that. I would also say to myself, guard your marriage, Mm -hmm. because now that I'm looking on the other side as our children are leaving the nest, I am so thankful that my husband made our marriage a priority. He shut down things that I would have done as a parent, not understanding the negative implication it would have been on our marriage. Mm -hmm. That is what I would encourage. Guard your marriage and don't stop because it gets so much sweeter. We want to thank you for listening to the Parenting to Impress podcast. Be sure to visit abcjesuslesbian.com and check out the show notes for more information on topics shared in this episode. Please subscribe and share with your friends.